so you can remember what you preached on. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> Somebody should. That's where, well, I do. I mean, I have it practically memorized. Word for word. Mm-hmm. Quiz me. I took a huge spill at basketball practice last night. Did you really? So we only had nine girls. We had one out. So for the eighth grade, we have 10, 10 girls. Isn't this like the second time you've gotten real hurt? Yeah. No, well, last so year you last got year hurt. I actually got hurt. extremely injured. Yeah. Yes, I didn't get injured this playing my seventh grade be- girls basketball. It was it was eighth. Okay, but you know I was guarding a six foot one eighth grade girl, mind you, at the time. That's tall. Yes, that's taller than me. Smidge by an inch. Hmm. My kids would tell you that it's it's two inches taller than me, but. They play this little game where you're actually not six foot tall. They play that game. Are you exactly six foot mm-hmm. tall? Are you? Just be taller. But are you shrinking fine. already? Well, just like the the disc below out in my neck and my lower back, you know that that shrinks you, man. Well, you are fifty. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've but you know when I felt like I was all of forty nine and a half was when I so I was really pushing them. Yeah, we were scrimmaging full court. I'm like, okay, let's get these girls going. And I was just pushing the tempo, pushing the tempo constantly. And mm-hmm. and um, I had a full court break. And so there's no point in me going full court and shooting a layup, right? Right. Like, okay, so, but I had a girl trailing me. And so I just dished it to her for the layup. And then I came down and I was wearing these great running shoes, mm-hmm. which are not great basketball shoes. And I, I started to roll that ankle. You yes. might recall the soccer match yes. in Jamaica, right? As soon as I did, I was like, okay, I just went down. Yeah. Instead of like putting all my weight in that one, and my knees went. <laughs> and I rolled over. Now, in contrast to the Jamaica story, I roll over and I look up and I've got nine eighth grade girls going, are you okay? <laughs> it must have sounded yeah. and looked horrific because <laughs> yeah. were, there was actual genuine concern on their faces. Oh, that's I know. sweet. Oh, Yeah. Did you hit your life alert button? <laughs> Help, I've fallen. And I can't get up. <laughs> uh, no, because much like last year, uh, when I did get, when I actually got injured, I just hopped up, you know, and, and acted as if. Oh, you um, walked it off? Rubbed some dirt I ran it, it off. I yeah. Was, yeah. And and then it turned out it was fine. Like, um, you know, I looked at my knees today and I'm like, okay, they're still there. They're not all bruised up. Mm-hmm. And that was good. But I'm telling you, man, like, Thanks to the exercise coach, this is what I was thinking. Thanks to the exercise coach, I can actually run up and down that court, you know, for 15 minutes mm-hmm. with those girls, and uh, and just push them and push them and push them because that conditioning I think is like such an important piece. And but because that's the only thing I'm doing, I'm not doing any other exercise. Anyway, so it's fun. It's fun. How's uh, what is what is your favorite part? I mean, you've chosen to coach girls basketball. Why? Yeah. Why and why do you do it? Mm. Well, I've done it for a little while because I coached, I coached Logan. Well, before Logan was born, I coached some high school boys basketball in Gretna for like five or six years. And then when Logan was old enough to play, I coached him. Um, he didn't want to continue on because he's not like physically aggressive and yeah, in that way. And, um, and then when Kayla was old enough, I started coaching her like just YMCA. Oh, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, YMCA stuff, and um, I love the game. It's my favorite game, and um, 
yeah, between between just the love of the game and also just being able to coach your own kids. Do your kids enjoy you coaching them? Um, I think so. Good. Yeah, and this is the first chance I'm getting to to be involved with Leah, um, coaching her in any sport um, as well. So because all the all the sixth and seventh and eighth grade Concordia girls all practice together. So do you do you like watch game film and then watch like, you know, college basketball and like steal plays and like are you that intense with it? No. No. Where do you get your plays from? We we run basic plays that the high school runs. Okay. Because in middle school, um, you think girls are still like just kind of coming into their own. And so we don't want to overwhelm them, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but we do want them to learn the basics of what the high school is running. So that when they, because and and Hans will tell you like the difference between eighth grade to ninth grade is, is huge. Like Mm -hmm. it's a huge, huge thing, huge commitment for those girls in ninth grade, 10th, 11th, 12th. So that way they're not going in just like completely unaware of mm-hmm. the plays the high school's running. But we, we do keep it simple. And the other difference is like, you know, high school runs plays that, that girls in high school can, um, can execute. So um, if they're running plays for girls that can shoot consistently well from the three-point line, you know, mm-hmm. that's not the same as it would be for middle school. Right. Um, so we do some variations and everything. But Todd coaches the practices. Like he organizes the practices and... and um, and decides like what we're going to focus on for the whole. Mm-hmm. And I'm the in-game coach. Um, so it's just a matter of like, I just want them to have fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just want them to have fun. I want them to love the game. Like I love the game. I want them to work hard and grow and just feel some success. But I'm not like Bobby Knight. Great coach. I've met Bobby Effective Knight. Effective coach. Yes, we talked about that. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, I can never coach my kids. Why? I I I get too excited and cheer for them. Mm. Like, because they've asked me to do, like, score at Peyton's games. Yeah. And it doesn't look good when the guy doing the score is like, Come on. Great job. You know, like, I'm very one-sided, you know. <laughs> Everyone's going to be That's hard. Like, right. Well, and yeah. I'm not going to stop cheering. But, yeah. And I have a booming voice. So, like. Mm-hmm. It, Hard to mix, but right, it uh, it thunders throughout, <laughs> and so I I just I want I, I don't think I'd be a, I mean I I love the game I know the game I think I'd be an effective coach but I don't think I could be unbiased like I would I'd be more fan than than uh, coach my my thing is you know my my kids aren't ever the most athletic on the floor or mm-hmm. on the team. And, and so what I get the, the opportunity I get, um, to, as coaching the whole team is like, I can focus on the fundamentals and the conditioning and things like that and practices, but then in game, just be that sort of positive influence of everybody on the court, not getting all caught up in my kids future Right, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, very knowing very well that like this might be Kayla's last year playing, mm-hmm. and so um, that for me changes the focus of it. Like I definitely want them to have fun. I want them to enjoy it. I want them to grow and accomplish and get better. But um, I don't get it's it's I don't walk a fine line fine line of getting wrapped up and watching my my daughter be the all time scoring right uh, 
player. It's just not going to happen. Right. And nothing against her. It's just that she's gifted in other things. Right. And uh, so that therein lies like the, it's easier for me to, and then, and then I get to like, it's extra time I get to spend with them. Right. You know, um, during the, during the weeks and stuff. So I like it. And you know, I like to be busy. And so if, if I weren't committed to that, then I would probably be committing myself to something else. Mm -hmm. And that might be away from my family, away from my kids. So good. Yeah. It's good, man. So come on out to the Concordia Middle School 8th grade girls basketball and root on Aaron Bressman as he <laughs> leads me the, the Mustangs to a undefeated season. <laughs> well, we have a good squad. Cool. We do have a good team. It's a combination of five LifeGate girls who will be coming to Concordia next year mm-hmm. as freshmen and then five Concordia girls. Nice. Yeah, it's fun. All right. Basketball started for you girls. For um, Peyton. Both. For both of them. Delaney's doing basketball mm-hmm. for the first time. So, yeah, they just started practices this week. You know how that season goes. So, still waiting on that schedule to find out all the nights we're going to be out. And, mm-hmm. Yep. But it's fun. I loved basketball. That was my favorite thing to play growing up. So, um, but yeah, I, like I said, I couldn't be coach because then, then it, you know, I'm competitive. That would come out. Whereas right now, you know, like, you know, some girl airballs it. It's like, you got this. Come on. If I'm the coach, it's like, don't shoot that shot. You know, like, you know, pass it up. You know, like it just changes it. So I just love being there as a fan. I try to coach with a smile. Yeah. And I figure if I smile, then I won't. Because this going back in, in time when, when Logan was playing on, um, oh, what is that league? Goodness gracious. OSA. Um. Where I was extremely competitive mm-hmm. and I coached completely differently. Yeah. Yeah. But then you know, boys are different than girls. No, they are. So yeah. um, it's, it's all about fun and, and positivity and hard work and, mm-hmm. but I love it, man. Yeah. I love basketball season. Mm-hmm. Start needing to wear knee pads to practice. Maybe that'll, that's a good look. <laughs> Election day today. I already went out and voted. You yeah. going to vote? Yeah. Yeah. Nice job. Thanks for the heads up. Yeah. You didn't know. Come on. You're big on politics. You knew it was election day. I knew day. it was election day. I just didn't know that you were going to be late to the taping oh, of the podcast. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It was packed. Uh-huh. I was really, because usually when we go there, we get right in. Yeah. But like, it was busy. Where did you go to vote? We, uh, we vote, um, it's on Q Street at that church, uh, like 180th-ish. It's right by the cemetery where Jackson's buried. That's how oh, I... Oh, yeah. The, you know, the one I'm talking about. Oh, that, that Methodist church. Methodist, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's our voting spot. But yeah, it was busy. Yeah. I was like, good. Get some yeah. people voting. And some good stuff to vote on. For sure. Yeah. I I'm, I haven't done it yet, but I try to... I try to... Because we've got flexibility, you know? Yes. <laughs> I pick try a to time that's pick not a time that's not going to be brutal. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I, I mean, last time yeah. in in twenty, it was it was pretty oh, full yeah. too, and yeah. I went like I don't know ten a.m. Mm-hmm. or something like that. I like to see a full voting place. Yeah, you know, then eyeballing all those election people, I'm like, yeah. uh huh. You need to make you. sure this one gets counted, right? Uh huh. You're not changing any of these, are you? Yeah. 
They see you wearing like a church shirt or something. They assume you vote a certain way. We're in America. America flag. Coat. Yeah. America. <laughs> They're like, oh, take that guy away. Uh, you vote for the candidate. You vote for the candidate, not the not the party. And, and uh, goodness, important things, man. I'm glad it that is. you made time for it. I hope yeah. everybody... Go out and vote. Does make your voice heard? My, I was thinking about this uh, just this morning, and you know, people like to complain mm-hmm. about things, taxes, yeah. inflation, um, laws, whatever. Yeah, it's like, did you vote? Right. Well, my vote doesn't matter if somebody says that. I'm like, right. Then don't complain. Right. Or, or they know like one person, and it's like, yo, if you care about like these, these lower ballot elections you know like the douglas county this and the you know like these school, are the people that school have, board right these are the people that make the decisions that impact us the most yeah like do a little research watch a little thing about them sure. you know like you can find them online and and look them up i mean everybody gets I, probably to the point and you were just mentioning that your phone's blowing up today with you know electioneers or you know people just trying hey, to I'm push getting all these something spam calls as we right. sit here um, we, we get burned out on that, but mm-hmm. yeah, take 15 minutes and just research what they, well, and it's hard. Cause like, you know, like we, we sit and watch TV and right now every single commercial is, you know, Vargas or bacon. And you know, my kids are like, so which one's the bad one? I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I know that's why that's how they paint each other, know. you know, like, but it's like, look, it's just two different opinions. And, and. We're going to vote for the person we want to vote for that matches the things that we care for. Mm-hmm. But the other person, they're, they're not a bad person. They just have a different worldview and a different, you know, I, I don't know. Not, I just, I, I think we really, as, as ugly as 2020 got, we really got to work with the next generation on understanding that like, hey, the, these are these are people just trying to do their best to, to lead their country. And they have, of course they have selfish reasons and sure. they're not all good people. And that's all true, but we, we've got to, we've got to slow the rhetoric down for sure. And I, I'd say this, anybody who has the guts to serve yeah. in, in, in this kind of capacity, um, deserves a little bit of respect. A little, because yeah. I, I don't know about you, but, um, if I ran for office, Mm-mm. the all of the things that would be right. said about me, right, would be horrific. Yeah, I would. I would. It, it, we we do need to pray for our politicians. Yeah. And look, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. The other side is not a hundred percent bad. Mm. Like there, there's still I don't know sixty seventy percent of the stuff that we agree with, or, or in some way or shape or form. More, they're, more they're so. They're trying than, to help us for sure, and and I, it, I would say the thing that disappoints me the most or discourages me the most is when the system at large tries to divide people and make yes. it us versus them, yes, and tries to paint people on the other side as such extremists that you think that there's no common ground, right? And the reality is we are all more similar, yes, than they would have you believe. And if, if we can keep, um, keep that as the focus and, um, not be so divisive about every last thing. Um, I mean, there's, there's probably what five to 10 issues that they see differently. 
And yeah. then there's 50 that they're pretty much in the same ballpark. And not, not only, but not just see differently, but it might just be a sliver of right. difference in those, in those main right. issues. Yeah. And, and then there's the big, big issues and that's how people vote is on those big issues. Yeah. But you know, I, I just don't, we, we got to slow down the rhetoric, you know? Well, what, what does, um, the, the greater system at large stoke? The divisiveness in, in fear and in fear. Well, in fear, in fear, that's how they, they that's how they be win. afraid. And yep. then you vote because you're afraid of what might be or what right. could happen. They play on your fears. Yeah. That's a great point, which leads into the sermon. It does lead into the sermon. And I, I loved it. You know, when, when we talked about, um, the focus of, of your message, um, in advance of it, um, the first thing I always think of is, okay, I, I go to the music first. I'm like, okay, how can I get the mm-hmm. music to fit? Um, as well as I can. Yeah, you did the, a good job. Mess. Well, that one's easy. Yeah. There's a lot of good <laughs> Turns fear out if songs. You, if you just simply Google <laughs> worship songs about fear, is that how you there pick are a thousand week? of them. Every single week, Google. I'm like, Siri, what worship songs are about? <laughs> yeah. What worship song, what's worship songs about faith? You know? Uh-huh. Um, but, um, yeah, most certainly, you know, your message was about... Um, not being fearful, right? Right. And so, like, I, I don't want to dumb it down too much, but Paul's uh, Paul's message to Timothy. Yeah. And and one of the things I like, I'm not going to jump ahead. I know you had some main points, but I took this down in the last sermon that I listened to, mm-hmm. um, which was uh, Paul told Timothy to get people around him to strengthen him mm-hmm. and to encourage him. Um, and I thought, wow, that's that's what I pray for my family every day mm. um, is that they're, they're surrounded by people to encourage them and support them and, and uplift them, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, and how important that is because um, I'm sure at times Timothy felt like he was on an Island <laughs> all by himself. Well, and I mean, clearly, yeah. I, I, and I made that point in the sermon that, you know, it's just a four chapter letter and in it, I think what are, I got to think of the numbers 14 times. He says, do not fear mm-hmm. 25 times. He says, be strong. Mm-hmm. And then in multiple different ways, um, I think it's a handful of times he, he says, you know, get some other people around you. Yeah. Don't be alone. You know? So, I mean, clearly he knows he, that Timothy feels alone, feels weak and feels afraid. He's afraid. Yeah. And you said 366 times it's mentioned in the Bible, in the Bible. To do, not, do not be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I one, love that. One for every day Dude, and I leap day. That hit me so hard because, you know, a lot of us wake up um, first thing in the morning and, and there might be an anxious moment. You might have that thing of the day that kind of weighing on you. Yeah. And to have one yeah. message of simplicity, do yeah. not fear, um, do not be afraid for each day of the year. Yeah. Just, I was like, wow, I love that. And so... You know, just even from that, I, I woke up, you know, the last couple of days and I'm like, okay, do, do not be afraid. Right. <laughs> One, Someone <two>. should make <laughs> that devotional, like, <laughs> right, just that every day, you know, like, do not be afraid. Whatever verse it is. Right. You know, like, yeah. There's an option. That's right. Yeah. I'm going to edit that out so nobody else takes it. <laughs> <laughs> That's your idea. Patented yes. by <laughs> Grace Hill Church. Yes. Trademark TM. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you had you had um, a few things that 
that Paul included um, spirit of power, spirit of love, and spirit of self-control. Yeah. And I want you to dive in a bit deeper yeah. into those, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. So, so Paul, the apostle Paul, who started all these churches, um, he started the church in Ephesus. He trains Timothy to be his pastor. Uh, Timothy thinks a young man. And, and throughout the Bible, Paul refers to him as my son, even yeah. though he's not, but like he, he, you know, has a, a father-like relationship with Timothy. And he leaves Timothy in charge of this church in Ephesus, and then he's Paul's in jail writing this letter. Um, this is the last letter he writes that we have, um, and he, he sends it to Timothy. Um, and and we just based it off of verse 7, the whole sermon. You know, we wanted to tackle the first chapter, but I just zeroed in on this one verse and kind of built out of that. And it's uh, that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us instead a spirit, a spirit of power, love, and self-control. Um, and so the, the the first point is really this. Like, if you feel, I mean, we understand that concept of a spirit of fear. Like, where you, it just feels all enveloping, all around you, just like fear, fear, fear. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of this. And, and it's just this welling up in your soul. Because, you know, um, it, it's interesting. I, I, anxiety and fear isn't something I wrestle with. Not... Not to say that there haven't been moments of fear and anxiety in my mm-hmm. life. Um, I have my own battles. So this isn't like, oh, I'm strong. You know, like, I have my own battles. That's not one of them. And so, like, but I know and I've talked with and, and I have people close to me that that is their life. Where, like, every day is just fear. And, and it they, they, that's just how they operate is Mm -hmm. everything they look at fearful. Everything in their heart is fearful, you know, like, and it's just every day. Um, and the first point that Paul makes is like, I want you to understand that's not from God. Yeah. That is not how God made you. That's not how God wants you to live. That's not what God wants for you. Like that's not from God. And what's neat is he knows Timothy and he knows this is Timothy. And so right here, if this is you, there is somebody in the Bible that's just like you. Mm -hmm. Timothy, read everything that Paul writes to Timothy. He writes multiple things to Timothy. You like read them, because this is through Paul, God speaking to people like you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what were you gonna say? Uh, I lost it. Okay, but you made you made a point, and, I, and it just uh, it just resonated with me. Hmm. It'll come back to you. I will say that you know you mentioned that you know fear paralyzes you. Yes, and faith leads you to action. Yeah. And you see, there's been a lot of faith over fear. Have mm-hmm. you seen like there's t-shirts and things yeah. like that that are out there? Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know where my computer went, but hopefully it's still going. It is. <laughs> it just went boop. Um, but that those, now when I see those t-shirts, I think of it or that, that's not that yeah. you hear that. Yeah. Um, it means a little bit different because yeah, fear does paralyze you. Yeah. It does. It, it, is like a heavy, heavy weight that you're carrying around that just yeah. is paralyzing. You can't move, um, but faith leads you to action. Mm-hmm. And mm. and I think you know, like I love the term for bravery. Bravery is not that you're not afraid; it's that you're willing to take a step forward while afraid. Mm-hmm. That's bravery. Yeah, that's courage, and, and that's what faith is. Faith is not I'm not afraid. It's I'm going to take a step forward and trust, mm-hmm. even though I'm afraid. Um, and fear paralyzes 
and and uh you know literally and and i want to say i say this in the message i want to make sure i say this here right now if you're listening to this and you didn't hear the message we are not talking about a level of anxiety and fear that is is diagnosable or you know some type of ptsd or some type of um diagnosable issue uh if we are talking about common fear that everyone faces Mm -hmm. um you know there's nothing wrong with seeking counseling there's nothing wrong with medication it's the most prescribed medication in the world because what we talked about was being fearful in that common everyday fear that all of us face is a sign of lack of trust in god um now, it, once again, like I said, if there is something professional going mm-hmm. on that, that you're seeking professional help for, because there are certain people that, that um, because we're, we're all broken, we all have our ins- yeah. instabilities, and there are people that, that's minds and, and spirits are just unable to, to battle this themselves, yeah. and, and that's okay. And to that point, like last week you said, yeah. You know, you have people who seek out counseling all the time. We are a place for that. You're right. available for that. Right. And that doesn't just mean, um, you know, I'm struggling with uh, relationships or other things. It, it can speak to this too. Yeah. Um, That's not, and, and even if it's a, a very big deal that you get medication for, so it's still not how God wants you to live. Right. And, and he still wants you to battle it, even though it's it's a big thing in your life. But But for all of us, we need to call this out. That this is not how God wants us to live. This is not how God wants us to operate as in a spirit of fear. Instead, he tells us that he gives us a spirit of power, of love, and of self-control. And what we talked about with the power is that it's not... Because I think so often when people are in a situation, they they say, well, the answer's inside of you, or I got to pull myself up by my bootstraps, or I got to do this myself. And God is going, that's dumb. Stop. If you could fix you, you would have already done it. If the power was inside of you, you wouldn't be struggling. Like, you need to understand that there is power inside of you, but it's not your power. It's the Holy Spirit's power. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit at work inside of you, come and be baptized Get that Holy Spirit power inside of you because that spirit gives you power, gives you love, and gives you Mm self-control. Not that we're perfect in that. No, No, but leaning on God, leaning in to God gives us, you know, gives us that spirit of power. And you mentioned um, the quote unquote, I can't, or I don't have the power. I don't have the strength. And God says, I know, but I can, and I do. Right. And you said, shut your mouth. In March. Yes. (laughs) My dad, I called him later that day and I was talking to him. That's how he answered the phone was shut up in March. I said, I did not say shut up. I said, shut Shut your your mouth. mouth. (laughs) And he was like, okay. So he was watching. Um, But no, like the first one was the the spirit power. Mm -hmm. And I talked about the story of, of the, um, the Israelites. um, And um, what happened was, they were told they could get the promised land. They were told God was going to deliver the promised land to them. Yet they went inside, saw all the big cities, the giant cities with the giant walls, the giant armies. And they were like, oh, we can't, can't do, do this. this. And it's like, God was like, I already told you I'm going to give it to you. And then he has them go to the great city of Jericho. And, in, and all they had to do to take the city was march around and then blow their trumpets and the walls come tumbling down. And it's like, 
we do this in our own life. We look at the things in front of us and we go, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm not big enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not capable. I'm not. And God's going, just shut your mouth and march. Mm-hmm. I I know you're not big enough. I know you're not capable. And I am out in front of you taking care of this yeah. for you. Um, and, and and so many times in life, that's, that's how it goes, you know? Like, it, it's, you know... God is out in front doing things and all he needs is you to be faithful in March and you'll see great things. Mm-hmm. God is capable of doing the impossible. You're not. And you said, if you don't, you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out. You are. Mm-hmm. You are. And that's happened so many times in Grace Hill's journey. Because look, we have multiple times that myself and the board have have had fears. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're ready for this move. I don't know if we can add a new person of staff. I don't know if there's enough money for that. I don't know if, I don't know if, you know, when we moved down to Gretna and then we moved up to Elkhorn, are the people going to stay? Like there was a bunch of fearful things, but when, when it's very obvious that God is moving, that God is setting something up and, and you kind of feel yourself being pushed forward, you know, like God's like, I've got this. And then you just start marching. And you see what he's got. And we've seen incredible miracles at Grace Hill. And in my own life, yeah. there have been times where I've been fearful and I, I can't do that. I'm not capable. And then all of a sudden, God thrust me out there and I just say, okay, I'll take the next little step. Mm-hmm. And and then I get to see some incredible things happen. Right. And it's not because of me, because God gives us a spirit of power. Mm-hmm. And that spirit of power is the Holy Spirit inside of us that is doing God's work in spite of us at times. For sure. Yeah, for sure. In spite, in spite of, in spite of our, um, proclivities or our, our anxieties or our just trepidations, like to the next point, spirit of love. Right. Um, when, when I have this happen Jesus all the walking time on the water, yeah. you know, I have people come in all the time and they got, they got serious stuff going on and the, they do. And, and I'm even listening and just like, Wow. Like your mom died, your kids got that going on, you you know, your marriage is on the rock. Yeah, like and you just sit back and you're just like, you do have a lot going yeah. on. And in those moments, yeah, they look at all the junk around them and go, God's not real. God doesn't love me. God's not listening to my prayers. Mm-hmm. Like something's wrong. Something's wrong. Mm-hmm. God's not who he says he is. And God says, No, no, no. I give you a spirit of love that tells you every day I am loved and cherished because if you look at the cross, it answers all those things because mm. I've already taken care of your biggest thing that this, this rocky road you're on right now, this is just temporary. I have prepared a place for you for forever mm-hmm. and I have done the work. You didn't earn this. You didn't do this. You didn't save yourself. I saved you. I took your sin and I put it upon the cross on my son, Jesus, and I set him I, I, I set you free by his death and resurrection. And so if you ever want to know if you're loved, stop looking around you, stop looking at your circumstances yeah. and look at the cross. And then you can step back and go, I am loved. Whew, let me take a deep breath. God loves me. He, he cares for me. He is for me. So all this stuff going on, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why he's not taking it away. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I do know that that there is a power of love inside of me. Mm-hmm. There's a spirit of love that God gives me that I know every day I'm cherished. Right. I mean, you know, it, 
I, I imagine it's it's kind of like Alzheimer's. You know, like I, I remember watching my, my step grandma for battle it for eight years. And and it was hard on my step grandpa. But he knew he knew who she was. He knew she loved him. Mm-hmm. And as hard as those days were and the days she didn't remember him and the days she was saying things that, you know, you can't take back and and he just had to remember that's I know I'm loved. Yeah. I know you love me. Even though it doesn't show today, you don't know me, you don't, you know, and I think it's the same thing with God. Like, we look at our circumstances and go, I, I don't understand. You don't do this to people you love, God. Like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. But I know I'm loved, and so I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to keep enduring, and I'm not going to get down, and I'm not going to get depressed, and I'm not going to be anxious and say I'm all on my own, and nobody's out after me, and God's after me. Like, I'm going to trust you love me, and I'm going to look at these circumstances and say, in some way, shape, or form, God, you're going to work this to my yeah. good at some point. Yeah. Yeah, we talked the uh, the other day um, about how <clears throat> if if the evil one wanted to get at our kids, you know how how would he accomplish that? Um, and I you know I held up my phone right and practically every kid of a certain age has a phone and um, it's it's an entry into a world that that kids aren't ready for right mm-hmm. um, but the other thing it is and I was thinking of this Sunday during the sermon I was thinking of the distraction of it it's a distraction it is it distracts you and I think that from for for some people maybe a lot of people they'll turn to their phones as a distraction from their fears or their anxieties. Yep. But that actually does not necessarily help. It's ostrich <laughs> putting its head in the sand. Right. Doesn't mean the lion's still not coming. Yeah. <laughs> You're just not looking at it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And and so the circumstances around you aren't going to, aren't going to change um, if you're um, distracted by any particular app. Or you know. come on. What is, what is alcohol? What is pills? Oh, what for is sure. Porn. Oh, totally. What is, these are all coping distraction things, numbing things. All of which, all of which, lead you to a worse place. Yes. There's, it's undoubt. Everybody. I don't care who you are. Yes. Everybody knows that to be true. That you might be able to escape your so-called reality momentarily, temporarily. Momentarily. But um, it's all still waiting for you. It's just you waiting. And you've only made it worse. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then the last one, leading in well, is the spirit of self-control. Mm. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I had a hard time kind of getting this one out. Um, I think I was still kind of wrestling with it as I, I was up there. Um, I thought 11 o'clock, I kind of said it the way I most wanted to. Um, but, you know, God tells us that we have a spirit of self-control inside of us. That, that at times, um, out of fear and anxiety, I think we can look at ourselves and, and we're afraid of ourselves. We're afraid of what we might do and the decisions we make and the things that, um, we don't have control over. I mean, there have been times in my life that I look at myself and I'm like, I, I don't, I'm afraid how I'm going to pull out of this. Mm. Like, I know I'm heading down the wrong path. And how do I, how do I turn this around? 
I don't know if I can. I, um, I don't know if I'll ever be different, you know, like, um, and, and we, we live in fear of, you know, uh, the person that isolates because, you know, they, well, you know, I don't know that I can ever pull out of saying these awful things or doing these awful things or, you know, like this stuff just comes out. I don't have control. I, I, you know, like I, I just don't know that I can ever change. I don't know that I can ever be something better than this, you know? Um, and and that's where you get self-sabotage. There are people that do this, that (laughs) rather than that, it's, and and this is, and I never got into this in the message. I'm, I regret that, but you know, we're here self-sabotage where you, you say it's too hard. You know what? I know I'm going to let you down. So I'm just going to sabotage it now. I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to crater it now. Um, because I'm too fearful that I'm going to, I'm going to try and fail. Mm -hmm. So I'm just not going to try and I'm just going to let myself go. And I'm not going to give, I'm just going to give into this and I'm not going to grow, you know? And, and God goes, no, 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 no. You have a spirit of self-control. You have the Holy spirit inside of you that if you want to not have an excuse, if you want to change, if you want to do these things, you have the spirit of self-control inside of you, that outside of you, and and I have so many people that have actually made changes that come in here and go, I don't know how, Pastor. I just, I just one day, I was so disgusted, I stopped. Mm. Because that's what repent means. Repent doesn't mean I'm sorry. Repent means about face and turn. That's literally what the word means that when God tells us to repent, he's telling us to do a 180 to face the other direction. That's literally what it means to turn your face and go Mm -hmm. and run away from that. And you know that there have been things in your life at some point that you have repented of that. You said, I am 180 in and running. I I never want to be this again. And then we have the things that we, we do and go, man, I'm sorry I did that, but we're still looking right at it and we're still going to take a step towards right. it next day. And then we go, man, I'm really sorry I did that. <laughs> and then we take another step towards it. Mm-hmm. And and what God's saying is like, look, if you want to, if you want to repent, if you want to do the 180 and run, I've given you a spirit inside of you that is a spirit of self-control that, that will help you not of course you're not going to be perfect. Of course you're going to have days you turn back around and look. But God says, I'll never abandon you. I'll never free. Like, I'm not going to give up on right. you. You don't give up on you. Um, and going back to spirit of power, you can. You can. With me. You can. Yeah. So that that ties um, into that self-control um, point really, really well. Um, that stop with the I can't. Stop, stop with the justifications. Stop right. with the if excuses. only the excuses. Well, I would be, but you know yeah. the thing that that hit. Well, so yeah, how did it hit you? It, it I'm hit always me. interested how people, it, yeah, man. receive it. Um, so you made the. I, it might have been at eleven o'clock. Uh, you said, "If I could get control over this, could I be happy? If I stop doing that thing that I know I shouldn't be doing." Am I going to be happy? Mm-hmm. Um, will I still have the same friends? Yeah. I thought about that one. Yeah, I thought about I mean, that one real heavy. That's a, that's a lot of the fear is if I made these life changes, mm-hmm. if I, you know, stop my drinking, stop my gambling, stop my 
uh, gossiping, stop my, you know, these things that I know that are tearing me down that I think I can't change and all these kind of things. Um, well, obviously we do them for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's our social circle. It does bring us satisfaction. It brings us joy. We like the, um, what's the word? You know, kind of the fitting in with the crowd. Yeah, the response that we get. Yeah. yeah. Like it's our part of our identity. Mm-hmm. We feel yeah. like. And it's like, if I were to walk away from this, would I still find joy? Yeah. Would I still who, find happiness? Who am I? Right. You know, if I, yeah. if I have a pattern of behavior for 20 years, yeah, that's who I am. That's mm-hmm. in my DNA. It's my identity. But I know it's not good for me. It's not healthy right. physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So if I just stop that, who am I? Right. And we're afraid of finding that out. That's for sure. We're afraid of finding that Are out. Are people going to like me anymore? Right. Yeah. Right. And I think, I think for me, like, there was a lot of fear about being a pastor in that I was afraid yeah. I was going to be boring. Yeah. <laughs> I was afraid my life was going to be boring. And I was afraid, and, and even like marriage and stuff like that, you know, I was afraid, like, who, who wants to marry a pastor? Like, what kind of woman would that be? Like, are we, you know, like, are we going to have a, a fruitful marriage? Are we going to, you know, is there going to be, you know, love, passion, or is it going to be like boring, you know, life every day and, you know, just sitting around and reading the Bible and, you know, like, cause I, I can say it's a pastor. I love Jesus. I want to read his word every day, but also like God gives us our lives to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so like, I don't want to do that 24 seven. Like I like having all the the fun thing. Like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Love God first, but then love all the other stuff next. And like, I want, I want to, I, I struggled with what will my life look like if I, if I go all in, am I going to have fun? Am I going to be satisfied? Am I going to, you know, like those things. Um, and I can tell you, I have, I've dove in and I have, it's good. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's a fear for a lot of people. It was for me. Yeah. Talk about it. Yeah. Same, same. Um, you know, just different times I volunteered and served in the church since I was, you know, since I was a little kid. Um, but was never all in, you know, and when I made the change to, to be in full-time ministry, um, that was something It was, it was twofold. It was number one, um, is this going to be boring Right. Am I going to be able to be myself? And then number two, yeah. right? And then number two was, um, which was even heavier, is, am I the right guy for this? Because yeah. you know, look at look at who I who I am or who I've been or who I was. Right? Uh, are people going to look and say, hypocrite? Right. You know, um, that's happened. You know, I've I've felt that multiple times through throughout my life. Um, I was I was looking at your bookshelf there. Um, to see if you had any books from uh, A.W. Tozier. I do. Yeah. yeah. Because I think of him as sort of a miserable <laughs> Christian. <laughs> He's a great writer. And he, and he had a lot of like really, um, really important things to say. And, and his, his books have been powerful. But I get the sense that he was sort of a miserable. Mm. Uh, he was so militant in, in his practice that it made him... Um, this is my perspective. I could yeah. be way off, but made him sort of unlikable as a as a person. Yeah. And uh, and so I like your point. You know, God. You know, focus 
love God, serve him with all. That's at the top. But God blesses us mm-hmm. with families and hobbies mm-hmm. and friends. And, and, uh, and he wants us to enjoy. Fun. Yeah. yeah. He wants us to enjoy, enjoy our lives. And I, I go back to that point, that point you made. I know, I know full well that there are people who um, are not sold out for God specifically because they don't know who they would look like or who they would be um, on the other side, that they're afraid that people would label them as a, as a hypocrite, mm-hmm. um, as people would point to their, almost like running for office, man. Right. Almost like running for office, like skeletons come out of that closet, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, let me tell you about this guy. Mm-hmm. What did he tweet 10 years ago? That right. kind of stuff. Um, are they going to lose a whole bunch of friends? You know, are they going to be uh, kind of um, ousted mm-hmm. from their circles? And um, that's a shame. Mm-hmm. And God says, no, no, no. Don't don't let the fear of those feelings, um, don't let those hold you back right. from, from what I have. Because what I have for you yeah. is a blessing beyond all measure. So, so let me dive into that. Yeah. There, are, there are things God says that don't seem like they'll be true, and then you do them, and you go, wow, that was. Mm. To give is better than to receive. That's actually biblical. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, no. I would love to win that billion dollars that they're holding out on, you know, like, and then you go and you serve, you go and you give away, you go and you donate and you go, Oh my goodness, I feel so much better Mm -hmm. because you're matching what God says. And he's the designer of this world and he knows how you work. And God says, look, you know, I know you think like going out and taking care of you and having you time and putting you first is, is what you need. And so you, you, you know, f- multiple nights a week are doing this for yourself and spending your money on this and spending, you doing this. And God's like, no, 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 put others above yourself, put your spouse, love your spouse better than they love themselves and go all out for them. And you're like, well, that sounds terrible. Who's going to take care of me? Like, what am I going to get out of that? Mm-hmm. Like, and then all of a sudden you, you, um, investing your spouse like that and all of a sudden you see the the them bloom in -hmm. front of you and grow and then that in turn blesses you back and you're going wow that was worth it i would have missed out right i would have missed out seeing that and she would have missed out and she would have feeling exactly same with kids Kids, like you know like you know yeah you can throw the ipad in front of them hey go do that for two hours like leave me alone like go go away I, you know, I want to watch this right now. I want to do this right now. Go away. Or you can say, you know what? God gave me that little life that, that's a challenge at times, but God gave me that little life in this house for me to mold and shape. But also God says that we're supposed to find great joy in each other. I'm going to, I'm going to take the next hour. I'm going to do what my little four-year-old wants. And I don't understand the game. Like he keeps telling me I'm doing it wrong and I'm doing exactly what he's telling me to do, you know, but you know, and it changes every five seconds and all of a sudden we're this and all of a sudden we're that and I'm not doing, you know, like, but then 10 minutes in I'm belly laughing with him and it's like, this is the joy that I'm missing out on when I say, oh, I want to watch that show on Netflix and I could throw an iPad in front of you and, and look, there are times I throw an iPad because I got to, I got to do something, but like it's, it's those things when you step up and do things God's way, all of a sudden you find like, whoa, he was kind of right. Yeah. He kind of knows. So along those lines, um, and this is not, there's no judgment in this, um, but we overcommit our kids. We, we overcommit them. And it's not 
always for their, I mean, if we're honest, it's not for their growth. It's not for their betterment. It's not for their gains, but it's for ours. It's also distraction. It's a distraction for them. And it's a distraction for us. Mm-hmm. Um, when we have them overcommitted at a young age, if yeah. it's multiple nights a week, um, multiple seasons of the year, right. um, that's, I see that as a distraction and I've been as guilty of that as anybody. Um, but that time, yeah, you know, Sarah said last night, kids are all in bed and she's like, isn't it great that our daughter chose to just hang out with us this evening? Mm-hmm. It was, it was after basketball, she had basketball practice. Um, but she just didn't go into her, you know, cause she was homework and exhausted and everything else. Um, she didn't just go hide away. So she hung out with us and, uh, just a little reminder of how enjoyable that time is together. And she's a middle school girl. Mm-hmm. So we're not talking about like the <laughs> most fun season of a, of a kid's, you know, parents and oh, kids yeah. lives. Yeah. Um, but those moments like that, um, whew, they hit. Yeah. They're powerful. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, uh, there was a lot there. You have a spirit of power of love and of self-control, not a spirit of fear. Yeah. So walk in that. Don't let it paralyze you. Don't let it hold you back because God's got something big for you on the other side of it. Trust in him. Know that that's true. Know that he loves you because he does no matter, uh, what season of life you're in, no matter where you are in your faith walk, no matter how often you go to church, no matter how often you listen to these podcasts, right? he loves you. He does. Yeah. Immensely. You know what my challenge was the whole sermon? Yeah. Was, oh, no, for your your own personal challenge? Yeah. No, what's that? Was not talking in a Jamaican accent. Why? Because I, the whole time I kept thinking of power, love, self-control. Do you ever watch Cool Runnings? Remember I were cool runnings. I did like when years he's like trying ago. to pump the guy up, and he's like, "You have pride, you have power." You, <laughs> he's like, he's like got that little speech where he's pumping oh, up the kid. I, with you were gonna, it. I don't, I don't remember it that well. Okay, I well, thought, I watch it a lot right now. Apparently, yeah, with the kids. Oh, my kids love cool runnings. <laughs> the watch um, with them. Yeah, but uh, I thought yeah. you were gonna start singing some Bob Marley. Oh, no. every little thing is gonna be all right. Hey, don't worry. You should have sang that on Sunday. Oh, that would have been fun. Oh, you should have like, done. You should have just rifted into it real of course. quick and then like come yeah. back out. That would have been awesome. <laughs> oh, missed opportunities. Yeah. Well, let me know the next time we're going to talk about fear. Okay. <laughs> done. What? Put on the whiteboard. <laughs> Bob Marley. What we should have done was this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's... Five questions, right? No. <laughs> I don't have five questions for you. Yet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I was well. Here's we why. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. I was like, I'm going to ask him five questions about fear and anxiety yeah. and stuff. And I thought, well, that's not really all that fair. I don't want to just like bear your soul. Tell me everything that you're afraid of. It. I think that's. I'll do it. That's frightening. I'm an open book. Go okay. For it. All ask right. Me. So, and, and I, I also dare say that we've been down this road with the fears, but we're going to go back to something new, you know, what is something that keeps you up at night? See, this is deep, could go deep. 
That's why I was, that's why I was a little reticent to do it. I didn't want to say, you know, but hey, you, you want to know you're the pushing honest me. answer? What keeps you up at night? Yes. Nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious. Like my wife. Oh, crying out loud. <laughs> I'm, so boring. Okay. So my wife will attest that like, um, I think I'll go deep for a second. Okay. Um, I think because of the way I grew up, I think because of, um, just things that have happened in my life, um, that I do a very good job of compartmentalizing things of where I have, I have a time and a space where I worry about something. And then I can literally turn it off and go to the next thing. And I do not go back to it until I open up that area again. Mm-hmm. And so like when it's like bedtime, like I can go to sleep and you know, like I'll, I'll talk, I'll, I'll talk to my wife about what's going on in my life. And there's a lot of heavy things that, that I go through. There's a lot of things that I've seen. I mean, like we, we don't talk about that, but like, and I don't know that every pastor's had this experience, but like. I mean, I've been a part of some heavy stuff, like some gut wrenching stuff, you know, like, a. a, I remember just not too long ago, there was a 12 year old kid that hung himself in his house and, um, I got a call in the middle of the night and they didn't, they didn't, uh, the family didn't have a pastor. And so one of our people said, there needs to be a pastor here. Like you need a pastor right now. And so she called me 2 AM. I'm running to the hospital and I show up and the sheriff's there. And he's like, he's like, you're her pastor. And I was like, no, I've never met this woman. And he goes, well, we've been holding her back from seeing the body until a pastor got here. And he's like, so she's ready. She's ready to walk in. Are you ready? I was like, okay, let's do this. You know? And I walked in and I'm literally, I don't even know her name yet. And I'm holding her hand and we're walking in and her son's like, you know, they're laying there, you know, and they, they've, they're done doing the compressions and all that. You know, it's not a pretty scene at all. And, um, and you know, I'm just holding her crying, you know, like she's just, you know, a wreck and, and then grandmas and grandpas are coming in and they're screaming and what's going on? What, you know, like, why aren't you guys helping him? And all, you know, like, I mean, it was a heavy, heavy night, you know, I'm getting back at like, you know, four, 5 AM, you know, and, and went to sleep and Joe, like, you know, I slept for a couple hours and I got up and Joe was just like, how are you? And I was like, I'm good. And she's like, I don't understand how you do that. Hmm. And, and I don't really, I think, I think it's one of the blessings of God in my life that I can in that moment. Cause like right now I can picture it in my head, but it's because I chose to, Yeah, it's not like something that, that I wrestle with, you know, like in, in the, um, we went on a mission trip to Utah and we rolled up on a, a fatality accident truck flipped over a guy and was, had him pinned and his top half was out. And it took 45 minutes for the fire truck to get there. So we just sat by a guy gurgling on his own blood, dying with nothing that we could do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Dave, Jack and I just sat there 
And, you know, they, they covered him up and we could see he was still breathing. And we were like, come on, man. Like, don't let go. Don't cover him up. He's still breathing. Oh, right. You know, like, and, and, you know, yeah, you're just praying, like, go home, just go home, you know, like, um, and, and yeah, that was, that was rough, but like you, you have those moments and, um, for whatever reason I can, I can take that and just say, okay, like mm-hmm. that's done. Yeah. And I can, and so like, yeah, there's, there's stressful times at, at work, big stressful times in life and finances and stuff. And I just, like I said, anxiety and fear is just not something that I personally wrestle with. Yeah. And that's not a, I have my own things I wrestle with, but that's not one of them. Yeah. And I just think that's a, a, a gift of God. Well, it is, you know, like we just talked about. Yeah. You know? Um, and also it's a very good thing that you don't because it would probably be debilitating at times. I think so. <clears throat> and, and, um, you know, I think there are a lot of pastors that, that, you know, when you talk about burnout and, and the job overwhelming them and, and struggles, you know, and you're like, Oh, how did a pastor get an alcohol problem? You know, like they should be like, you don't understand the stuff we, right. we see. I mean, nobody told me what it was going to be like. No, because had they, you might have made a different decision. I mean, mean, yeah. I I mean, like, just, I remember, you know, sitting in a room with a woman and her husband, who she drugged there, and she's like, he keeps calling this girl and texting this girl, and I keep saying something's going on, and you know, like, and I'm just like, oh, I can tell something's going on, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and I just watched him turn to her and go, yeah, we've been having an affair for six months and I'm leaving you. And he walks out of the room. I mean, like, you're just sitting there with her as her whole world collapsed mm-hmm. in literally five seconds. You know, and she's screaming and she's yelling and she's angry and she's, you know, screaming into the couch. And you're just you're like, you're trying to walk through that with her, you know, and they got kids and they, you know, like, um, I, you know, like, and then, and then there's people that have gone through horrific things and they, they've never told anybody and they want to, you know, like being molested and mm-hmm. being raped and, um, you know, or some of the worst hurts of, of neglect or words said, or, you yeah. know, like, and, and they just, they share these burdens with you and, and, um, and you, you just gotta be strong and be with them and, and, you know, remind them of these things like power of love, power of, uh, you know, spirit of love, spirit of power, spirit of self-control, yeah. like, like God, God can, and I think that's the biggest encouragement is in, on, in these things I've seen God work and that's what gives me hope. Sure. Cause in these moments, like there's not always something to say. No. Sometimes it's just a, pre, a, a, spe- a, 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 what do they call it? A, a something of presence, a, a um, I can't think of the phrase, but just being there. Yeah. And just, Hey, I'm here and I'm listening. Yeah. Let me hear it. You know, um, for sure. You know, like, like we, uh, like we mentioned earlier, um, being surrounded by people, um, who are encouraging and uplifting and who care for you. Right. Um, not yeah. I've got a friend who's going through something right now. Um, I'm not fully 
understanding what all is involved, but it's, it's revolving around his, his daughter. And I know he's, I didn't know what was going on and he's been dealing with it for this specific issue for, um, a little over a week. And, um, it came out and I was like, how have you been carrying that? Yeah. You know? And he's like, I just didn't want to lay it on anybody. Right. And I was like, dude, we're not supposed to carry those things. alone. Don't carry that by yourself. And I said, I said, look, if it's stuff that you don't want to talk about Mm -hmm. or you're not ready to talk about it, right. That's still okay. But let people know that you're Mm -hmm. going through something that you're not ready to talk about it. And then, be surrounded by those people. Right. And you can talk about cars. You can talk about music. You can talk about work. You can talk mm-hmm. about anything else. You don't, have to, you don't have to talk about it. You don't have to go into the details of it. Um, but be, don't, don't be alone. Right. You know? Well, I, I, I think we should have said this at some point. If you're, if you're having sleepless nights, if you are losing weight, if you're feeling you know, chest pain or, you know, like all the, your body will react to you not handling fear, stress and anxiety. Well, yeah, like your body will tell you, you need to talk, mm-hmm. you need to get this off your chest. Um, and yeah, if you're, if you're going through that, talk to somebody, yeah. we're here. There's other people here, share it with somebody who knows you, loves you, share it with, I really hope you have someone that, that loves Jesus in your life. Share it with mm-hmm. that person that, you know, that can give you godly help. Um, and, uh, you're not, we're not meant to be alone. Exactly what Paul said to, to Timothy. Mm-hmm. Look, I know you're afraid. I know you you feel weak. Don't be alone. Don't be alone. Yeah. That's the answer. Share that burden walk alongside each other, carry each other along. And I think the other, one of the things I love about having a small group um, is that you know that there are people within that group. Maybe it's the whole group. Maybe it's just a couple of people. Maybe it's just one person within that group where you're going to have enough of a relationship um, where you can go to them and bear it all. To dump it on them, unload, mm-hmm. and and know that whether you're the <laughs> the cause of of this trouble in your life, or if you're just sort of on the receiving end of it, that you're going to have somebody who's going to love you through it, um, or somebody's. And uh, I think that you know, we talk a lot about our, our small group. It only meets every other week. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like one day every other week, a one evening every every other week. And we're, t- we're trying to figure out a way to, to be more connected with one another um, because it's a new group this year. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know each other all that well. But to stay connected and to keep that going um, for that every other week thing to keep going, but also beyond that to stay interconnected and to share things. You know, mm-hmm. if, if, I, if I run across something that I think will be important, you know, for other parents or other husbands or whatever it happens to be, you know, we can put it in there and so the group can see it. But um, I love that. I love that ability to be connected with people in that way um, where I know that if I got something heavy, I, I'm not going to be embar- embarrassed or ashamed right. uh, to the point where I wouldn't, you know, lean on somebody yeah. who loves and cares for me. Yeah. So, 
And and even I as a pastor, like I need I need that too. Oof. So like I know you do, you know, like I whoever's listening, like you need to have you need to find yourself that that group or that that person that you can go to and and share that with. Yeah, it's important. Yeah. It's essential. And a lot of times like you said, just having somebody to be around is um is comfort enough. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you don't have all the answers. No. I don't have all the answers and um but just being around somebody who cares for you and loves you uh is is comfort enough to help you take a step out of it. Take a step. Yeah. And point you towards Jesus who does have all the answers. Right. Yeah, indeed. Hey, it was only one question, but it was a good one. It was a good question. Yeah, I'm there glad you forced me into <laughs> into it. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. You too. Very much. All right.